0: Every day we make decisions all day long. Some uh, have God's revelation and some don't. Sometimes we have to make choices. We know that we got two deals. When we have biblical revelation, which are right or wrong issues, we are to obey. We know what to do. When we don't have biblical revelation, we have freedom to make wise choices. We're going to talk about it in the next couple of lessons, why the second view, which is the, the second aspect of this, which is right, seems wrong. Because it says, if you have a decision to make, and it's not something you can find in the Bible, you have freedom to make a wise decision. And somehow people say, well that doesn't sound spiritual, it doesn't sound right. But it is, and we'll see it as we go through it. As we look this morning, we're focusing on God's general will. Now we've already seen the sovereign will is what God brings to pass. He works all things according to the counsel of His will, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 basically, and He works all that way. And then there is the specific will of God, which we talked about for the last two lessons. The specific will of God is anywhere in the scripture that gives a command or a principle that applies to us. Now there are places in the Bible that there are commands and principles that don't apply to us, but anything that applies to us, that would be God's will for your life. If he says study to show yourself approved, if he says stop letting sin rain in your mortal body, if he says pray without ceasing, all those things, those are all God's will for our lives and we're to do those. And then we have the general will, which is what he allows. And this is where so many of our decisions are made. And there's just so many things that come up and you say, what am I going to do? I don't know. Well, you can't find it in the Bible. It's not in there. He's given us a lot of freedom. We've seen the sovereign will of God. We've seen the specific will of God. And so this morning we're going to talk about the general will of God, and let me give you let's give let's give an example. Somebody calls me, and they say, "Hey, uh, you want to go with me?" I said, where, "Where are we going?" I said, "Well, there's a football game in Tulsa. I, you want to go?" And I said, "Well, yeah. Well, I like football. I might want to go." Well, the game is on Saturday night. It doesn't start till eight. It's a little bit late. And uh, by the time we get over there, by the time the game gets over, and I start thinking. By the time the game gets over, it's going to be closer to twelve. By the time we get back home, it's one one thirty. I get up at least for something on Sunday mornings. And so I say to myself, how am I going to decide whether I should go to that football game or not? It's not, there's no revelation in the Bible that says go or not go. Am I right? So how am I going to make that choice? I have to make a what? A wise decision. Now, it could be that I say a wise decision is for me to go to the game. Go to the game, drink coffee, do all the good, you know, stay up, be ready to go, you know, drink coffee when I get up in the morning, just go wild, and I'll still be okay. Or a wise decision maybe, you know, I'd love to go to the game, but it's going to be too late. By the time I get in, I don't want to get enough sleep. Sunday morning is a big day for me. I think I'm probably going to pass on that one. Now, I don't have biblical revelation, so I have freedom to make what? Wise choices. Think about this. What clothes? Who? What about your clothes you put on today? Now, some of you, I'm not sure how wise the choices were, and some of them were wise. To, but think about it. Do you have freedom to wear whatever you want to wear? I mean, think about that. How do we make those decisions? Now, what about bigger decisions? What about a job? What about where to live? What about who to marry? What job to take? What, all Those kind of things. People say, well, uh, you know, I've got to pray about that. Well, let me ask you a question. And we can pray for wisdom, but where in the Bible do you find what job to take? Now, there may be some principles about a job, but where do you find And you don't. And so you have freedom now. Once again, freedom to make wise choices. So how do we decide? We realize they are, we are free to decide. By biblical, and I know it sounds wrong. It's, when we first started teaching this, and we've taught this for a lot of years, when you first start teaching this, people would go, that just doesn't sound right that I have freedom. But here's the, here's the truth. In areas where the Bible gives no specific command or principle, the believer is free to choose his course of action. You remember the story, and I've told it to us uh, several times, but if you remember the story of Adam and Eve in the garden, and this is a made-up story, Gary Friesen in his book, Decision-Making of the Will of God, says here's Adam and Eve in the garden, and God gives them specific revelation. He says, out of all the trees in the garden you may freely eat. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the specific revelation. He leaves, and Adam and Eve talk, and they say, Gosh, we can eat any tree except this one. And then they say, Should we eat apples? Or should we eat grapes? Or should we eat pears? Or should we eat oranges? And so Eve says, Go ask him. And so Adam goes and says, Excuse me, Lord, I don't want to bother you anything, but we're, we're kind of tied up here uh, We don't know whether to eat apples or oranges or bananas. He says, you can eat what? Anything you want to eat. So he comes back and says, he says, we're free to eat anything we want to eat. And then they say, well, do we eat it individually or do we eat it in fruit salad? I mean, do we do that? What do we do? Go ask him. Do we do it individually or do we do it in fruit salad? You can do whatever you want. And so what we find is there are decisions we make all the time that we have specific revelation that's telling us the rights and the wrongs and the things, but there are all kind of decisions that we make that we don't have rights or wrongs, that we, can, we have freedom to choose. So let's look in the Bible, because you say, well, are you sure? Yeah, let's look in the Bible. Now, we, let's talk about Paul for a minute. Who loves Paul? I love Paul. He, he's my hero, uh, at, besides Jesus, of course. But Paul is the great one. And so Paul got direct revelation from God all the time. Paul wrote thirteen letters in the New Testament. There's a time in the Book of Acts that he wants to go to a certain region, and the Holy Spirit said, "Can't go." Holy Spirit said, "You can't go." Holy Spirit can't. And they ended up going to Troas. And then in a vision in a dream he had, a guy from Macedonia said, "We're from Macedonia. Please come over here." And so Paul says, "Obviously we're supposed to go to Macedonia." Okay. So God, Paul got direct revelation. Sometimes on his travels, he got direct revelation, which was his script, the Scripture that he gave us. And he also had the Word of God, which we would say was what? Basically the Old Testament. And by the time Paul is traveling around, maybe there's some of the Gospels. The Gospel of Matthew may have already been written, possibly the Gospel of Mark. Uh, not Luke at that point in time, most likely. Uh, But maybe some of the other letters, but Paul, of course, the first one written was James in 45, so that's already been written. So there is direct revelation in a written form. There was also direct revelation from God to Paul as an apostle. How did Paul make a decision when he didn't have direct revelation from God? How did Paul make a decision? How do you make a decision when you don't have direct revelation from God? Well, let's see what Paul did. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Look at verses 1 and 2. Now, Paul is writing to the Thessalonians, and he's telling them about some of the things he wanted to do. In fact, he said he wanted to come see them, but at that time he wasn't able to come. And in chapter 3, verse 1, therefore, when we could endure it no longer, we thought it best to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you to your faith. What did Paul say? We thought it what? We thought it, look what it says. We thought it, he didn't say, God gave me direct revelation. He didn't say, God told me to do this. He said, when I looked at the situation, we thought it what? We thought it best. That's called making a what? Wise decision. You, that's Paul. Paul didn't say, God gave me direct revelation. Did God give Paul direct revelation a lot of times? Thirteen letters, all kind of things. But in a situation where God didn't give him direct revelation, what did he say? We we thought it best. We thought it best. This was a decision. He didn't have direct revelation, but it was a choice he had freedom to make. I want you to turn back a little bit to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. He's writing to the church at Philippi. He's in prison in Rome, and he wants to make a decision. And look what he does. He says, but I thought it necessary to send to you a paproditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger minister to my need, because he was longing for you and he was distressed because you heard that he was sick. What did Paul say? He said, what? I thought it what? I thought it necessary. This is what I thought was the best route to go. What does that sound like to you? Making a what? A wise decision. See, Paul didn't have direct revelation. He's in prison in Rome. He's going to be in prison basically there for about two years. He writes four letters during that time. So he's getting direct revelation from God. But the direct revelation from God isn't whether to send Epaphroditus or not. He said, I just thought it necessary to send him. This is is his decision. There's one more. I want you to turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 6. Do you remember in the beginning of the church they had an issue? That the people began to increase. So many believers were increased. There were what we call Hellenistic Jews... And and we would just call Hebrew Hebrewic Jews, meaning they're all, both Jews, but some live scattered out and some live in Israel. Well, at the Feast of Pentecost, a bunch of people were there, and so now they're feeding them. And there's two different groups. And somehow the word leaks out that the ones who are living close by, they get first choice, and these other ones... These Hellenistic Jews—they're not getting first choice. In fact, they're getting left out. So the word comes back to the apostles, and they say, "Hey, you know, they're neglecting. They're getting neglected." Look again at chapter six, verse one. At the time when the disciples were increasing the number, a complaint rose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. You got a problem. What if somebody came in and said, "We got a problem in the church. This and this is happening." How are we going to decide what to do? we are got to make a choice. We've got to make a decision. How do you decide? Is it, let's say it's a choice and we say, well, we look all over the Bible, but it really doesn't touch on this. So what do we do? We make a wise choice. Look what they did. So the 12 summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it's not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. We don't think it's the best use of our time as apostles to serve the tables. Now, they're only serving the tables, but our job is to go to the word of God. So, therefore, look what he says. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, that we may put in charge of this task because we need to devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word of God. What does he say to do? Select from among yourselves. That was their decision. What? Pick out seven guys to take over. Did they get direct revelation from God that said, pick out seven guys? No. How do we make decisions when we don't have biblical revelation? We have the freedom to do what? Freedom to what? Make wise choices. Okay, so let me show you something. I have two things. On your handout... If you continue on your handout, I've got a little section there that's going to be, uh, how do we make these wise choices? And, And I've got a little thing here. But I've also got on the back, I've got a little part that says how to make wise decisions. And I've got, if you notice the top of the page, look on the very back of your handout. Just flip to the very back, all the way to the back. And it says, key in areas where the Bible gives no specific command or principle, the believer is free to choose his course of action. So then we're going to say, how do we make a decision? And so we have it here for you. We can use. You can either go to the other part of your handout or you can look on this back part. And I'm going to go quickly over this because next week we're going to go into some details on this. In fact, a lot more details than we go in today. I just want to give you the big overview of this, and then we go to our grow groups. But I've got some questions to raise. I've got some things for us to think about. So let's say that you have a decision to make. Let's say this. You have a decision on whether you should study the Bible or not. Okay? Right? And you've got to make a decision. What are you going to do? What's the first question that you ask? The first question is how to make a wise decision. What do you do? Does the decision come under the specific will of God? What's the answer to that one? Yes, Yes, it does. So, A, is it a specific command and it is a right or wrong? Is it a specific command? He says, study to show yourself approved to God, a workman need not be ashamed, handling accurately the word of God. It says to us to uh, take what we've been taught, study it, and pass it on to other people. And so those kind of things. So we already know from the Bible that we've got a decision to make, whether I'm going to study the Bible or not. What do we know? Is there a specific command? Yeah. Okay, now what if that we've got a decision to make? And let's put it this way. Let's say that I, um, I'm not married. I met this girl. We're dating. And I'm thinking that she might be the one for me. And so we start talking, and I say, you know, the most important thing to me really is, you know, Jesus Christ. And she says, I don't believe that. I said, what do you mean? She said, oh, I, you know, I, I grew up, but I, I just don't believe that. I, in fact, I'm, I, I I, don't believe the Bible, and I don't believe that. But I I really like this woman a lot. In fact, I think I want to marry her. I'm going to make a decision. Am I going to marry this woman or not? Okay? Her name well, I'm getting in trouble here now. Okay, this is her name, whatever her name is. And so I've got to make a decision. Do I marry this woman or not? So let's go back. Does this decision come under the specific will of God? Is there a specific command to marry this woman or, and her name is Joan? Do I marry Joan or not? Is there a specific place in the Bible that's going to tell me to marry Joan or not? No. But is there some specific principles that help me in this decision? It doesn't tell me what person to marry but it tells me what kind of person to marry. What does the scripture tell me about marrying an unbeliever as a believer? Not to do it. In fact, it says in, thre- in Corinthians do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. And then he actually talks in a passage where a woman her husband has died and then he says now she is free to marry again but only in the Lord. So I have no I don't have a specific Passage that's going to tell me to marry this woman or not, but I do have specific information and principles in the Bible that tell me what kind of person to marry. So if you came into my office and you and your girlfriend were there and you said, We want to get married, we want you to do the wedding, and I talk to you and I find out you're a Christian and she's not, I can't do the wedding. I'd say, I'm so sorry, but as a pastor, I don't marry, I'm not going to marry a believer and an unbeliever. Yeah, huh? Yeah. I'm walking away from Joan. Yeah, I'm, I'm married to Jean, so I'm in good shape. I'm in good shape. I have to tell you, I had a I had a I had a guy. This is years. I'll tell this story real fast. That clock's not working, so I'm having to look at my watch. I'll tell this story real fast. This happened to me years ago. There was a guy on the football on the baseball team. who was a third baseman, and he was coming to our church. And he came to me and said, "Would you do my wedding?" And so I met with him and his girlfriend. They were the sweetest things. Both of them knew Christ. I did their wedding. After I did their wedding, the first baseman on the team said, who did your wedding? He said, the guy, JB. And so he and his girlfriend showed up and said, you married Tal. His name was Tal. He said, I want you to marry us. I said, okay, come on in the office, let's talk. So I started talking, and I talked to her, and I said, "Uh, if you were to die, would you go to heaven? She said, I would. I said, how come? She said, because I put my faith in Christ. I said, so you have trusted Christ to give you eternal life? She said, yes. I said, what about you? He said, I don't believe any of that stuff. I said, you don't. He said, no. I said, well, I can't marry you he said yes you are i said no i'm not, I'm not going to marry you and then i said something to her and i said as a believer you shouldn't marry him he was really mad but but am i is that right or wrong right okay they left let's just say that but anyway so we have to make decisions do you have to i have to make a decision as a pastor on whether i'm going to obey that part or not because when people walk into my office and say we want you to marry us I have to find out some things, okay? And the same thing for us. It may not be, marry this person, do this, it, but there may be a principle. What about a job? What if somebody offers you a job, and then as you start finding out, they, this job requires you to do things that you don't think are right, that when you look at Scripture, you see that this doesn't match. Should you take that job? It's, the Bible's not going to say take a job or not a job, but the principles are there. And what about a church when people say, how do you know what church to go to? Well, Acts 2.42 says they continued, they devoted themselves to apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. The church needs to be characterized by the teaching of the Bible and a unity of purpose and prayer and then what we'd call the fellowship aspect. That's supposed to be there. And so I know people that go to churches and they say, I go to church because my kids like it a lot. Is the Bible taught? No. Okay. Well, then you're really doing your kids a disservice even though they're happy. (coughs) You're going contrary to the Scripture. Now, the Bible doesn't say which church to go to, but it tells you what kind of church to go to. So these kind of things. So when you have a decision to make, either there is a direct revelation that's there that tells you yes or no, right or wrong, or there are principles. That's why you have to know the Bible when you make decisions because you have to know whether there are principles from the Bible that's going to guide you. We're going to talk more about it in just a second. The second thing is, what if it, does it come under the general will of God? Let's say it's to take a job somewhere. Is the Bible going to tell you what job to take? No. And so, and and let's say there's nothing in this job that would be wrong, okay, like a principle from the Bible that says don't do that. So now you have what? You have freedom. And so what do you do? You're free to choose the course of action, and you're free to make what? Wise decisions, wise choices. I'm going to throw this out for us just for a second because it goes back to a point that people always confuse, and this is the idea of wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, let, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask for God. Sometimes people say, Well, whenever you've got a decision to make, you need to pray. Well, sometimes people mean to pray to get some kind of direct revelation from God. Oh, God, tell me about this job. Now, I think the Bible, when we talk about praying, is praying for what? For wisdom to make wise choices. Even praying, say, Lord, reveal to me through the Scripture that I remember, is there some principle in here I've forgotten? Is there something I need to remember before I make this decision? And then I'm going to show you the three things that are there, and we're going to go into much more detail next week, but the three things to look at is the godly counsel, the circumstances, and desires. Now, it's going to surprise you, because when we say godly counsel, I'm going to go details next week, it is fine that if you've got a decision to make, you have freedom to make a wise choice, you may go, and let's say you've never bought a house before, and you've got the opportunity to buy the house, and you're not sure, you're saying, I I think, you know, I, I see that there's nothing wrong with it, and I think, but I'm going to go talk to my two friends that they've been they bought three or four houses in their lives I'm just going to go sit down and say hey listen I never bought a house before does this look like a good deal is this something that's wise it's okay to get wise counsel there's nothing wrong with it because you're making trying to make a wise decision the idea of circumstances I knew a guy that wanted to get into med school he wanted to be a doctor and he took the, is the MCAT is that the med thing I can't remember he took it five times and failed it five times And after the fifth time, he said, you know, I don't think I'm supposed to get in. (laughs) I'm not supposed to be a doctor. And he didn't. He became a missionary. And he's touched lives all over the world. Sometimes circumstances will lead us in certain ways. Now, be real careful because people say, if there's an open door, you can go right through it. Let me just tell you something. We're going to look at the scripture next week where Paul has an open door and doesn't take it. And then another place where Paul has an open door and he does take it. It's not that. And then what about this whole idea of a fleece? We're going to talk about fleeces. We're going to see Gideon said, Oh Lord, if I'm supposed to go do this, let this be due and no, you know, no. And, and he says, What oh, happened? Let me try it again. You know, where does a fleece come in? Should we say, I'll take this job if the phone rings in the next 30 minutes, then I know I'm supposed to take that job? That sounds silly, but there are people who do that. There are people who say, if the next person who comes into that room, is a man, then I know I'm supposed to, you know, I'm in this room, people are coming in and out. The next person who comes in, if that's a man, then I know I'm supposed to take the job. If on the next play we tackle them for a loss, we're gonna win the game. And if we don't tackle them for a loss, we're not gonna win the game. But I've had people say that. I've said, you know, if I'm praying right now that God will show us right now if we're supposed to win this game, we're gonna have a, a we're gonna have a big play and tackle them for a loss. Is that is that, what we're supposed to, is that how we're supposed to know stuff? And then the last one is desires. What is your desire? Delight yourself in the Lord and... You may know the verse. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. That doesn't mean that if you're living for God, He gives you what you want. That means when you're living for God, the desires that you have are coming from Him. Listen, did I always want to be a coach? Yes. And then I said, Lord, I want my life to count for you. I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. What happened? God changed my desires. And now you say, do you want to be a pastor? Yes. Do you want to be a coach? No. <laughs> All right? So what are your desires? And so we're going to talk about that. So let me, uh, is that, I think, oh, We're out of time, but let me show you something. So here's some questions to ask when you make these kind of decisions. What will be the ramification of this decision? Who all is going to be affected by the decisions that you make? Who all is going to be affected by the decisions that you make? Second, our decision must glorify God. Are the kind of things that we want to do, that we have freedom to do, that you don't have revelation on, and that you have freedom to make a wise choice, is your decision going to be one that glorifies God? And then last but not least, are you willing to do anything? Meaning, if you come to the point in your life where you say, God, I just want my life to count for you. I'll go wherever you want me to do. I'll do anything you want me to do. I just want my life to count for you. And so as I go through life, I'm looking for opportunities to serve you regardless of what it is. And so we'll see that there. So next time, details, especially on these last three things, uh, we'll run through it a bit, but we'll talk about counsel, we'll talk about circumstances, we'll talk about desires. Here's the great thing. When you have a choice to make, and you don't have biblical revelation. And it is not contrary to any biblical principle or biblical revelation. You have freedom to make wise choices. And you cannot make a mistake. Because all our lives people said, I just don't want to make a mistake. I just don't want to do wrong. I just don't want to pick the wrong job. I don't want to go to the wrong place. You can't pick the wrong job or go to the wrong place. And we, we're going to see it as we go through it.